It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says Tara. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Hello and welcome to the Sunday session on the Sprint Lane podcast for Harness Racing New South Wales. My name is Greg Hayes and it's great to have your company. The Inter-Dominion series concluded last night at Albion Park and arguably the two pin-up horses were victorious in the big races. The pacing division was taken out in unbelievable style by Leap to Fame. Heard some pretty big statements made about him before and after the race. I've made no secret since I've come back and doing some work again in the media. He was one of the biggest reasons I wanted to get back into the sport. I wanted to talk about him. He's one of those horses that gets people to race tracks and a horse that has the ability to cut through to the mainstream media. Now, he hasn't done that quite yet. Um, known throughout the harness racing industry as a star, but hopefully he can continue his trajectory uh, to leave his stamp on the industry. Just Believe was simply outstanding throughout the series and took out the Trotters final. He is invincible at the moment. And while Superman was brought undone by Kryptonite, nothing seems to worry this star Trotter. The trip to Europe earlier this year has thrust him into a new stratosphere. He is completely dominating the trotting ranks in Australia right now. I was lucky enough to speak to Greg Sugars on the podcast before the series began, and he was confident going into the series, and rightfully so. How do we wrap up an Inter-Dominion night? I'll catch up with my old sparring partner, Adam Hamilton, who has been trackside tonight. I'll speak with him about the races and where can the Inter-Dominion move to so he can encourage both sides of the Tasman to compete. So I'll catch up with Adam. New South Wales can hold its head high as well. Josh Gallagher took out the Australasian Young Drivers' Championships, which was great to see. Swayze finished third in the paces. Spirit of St. Louis fourth. Narano fifth. Canina Provlima was seventh. Pete said so eighth. And our Monty Rocks tenth. While in the Trotters, the best bourbon ran out of her skin to finish fourth. Well done to Grant Forrest. I spoke to him last week on the podcast, and to see her perform so well was great. Of course, there was a meeting at Menangle as well. It was Christmas gift night, and oh, wow, what a win by talent agent. Uh, Seton Grimer has joined me on the podcast a couple of times recently, but after that win tonight, when he broke the 150, I thought we had to have him back on to talk about the drive and where to next for the impressive winner. The Menangle Express is back. I'll run through all the races tonight. I'll tell you what I saw and hopefully highlight a few horses to follow in the coming weeks. Mr. T is going to pass on his tips as well as we continue our tipping challenge. He only had the one runner this week with the Bathurst meeting called off due to the weather after a few races, and I had a scratching, so I only had one of my two tips go around as well. So there's a lot to get through on the show. Let's get to it. Watching Polari and he's opening up here. He's going for a Dixon right here, right now. Leap to fame. He has exploded away. Margin is over 12 metres. Future assured Swayze. Better eclipse to the outside. Leap to fame. Leap to fame. Operation. Inner Dominion complete. And it's all Larry. Leap to fame bolts in. What a moment for Dixon. Leap to fame. Better eclipse Swayze. Spirit of St. Louis. What a night for the sport of harness racing. 
Inter-Dominion Grand Final night at Albion Park. First time in a number of years that the race was run at Albion Park. Adam Hamilton is joining me to wrap up what has been a stunning night of racing. Hello, Adam. How are you? Greg, uh, tremendous. I, I wish you were here to be trackside for it. It just uh, it had it all. And, you know, amongst the many incredible moments, just to be standing on the edge of the track and look back when the crowd stood and roared for its hometown hero leap to fame, it was, uh, you know, I, it, look, it, it was a smaller version of it, but it had a little bit of a Winks fourth Cox Plate feel about it because the, the venue almost stood as one for their local hero, Hazy. He is a very special animal, and he does have the ability to be able to cut through to the mainstream media because, of, because he is a rock star. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. No doubt. Um, and it was an important win for him on many levels. Um, you know, if, if you're going to be real, and we've got to call it real, a little bit of the invincibility gloss had come off him with the defeats in the Blacks of Fate and, and the Tabureka, and then after that, the Victoria Cup, of course. So they were the three biggest open-class races in his career, and he was beaten in those. But as we know, he was certainly far from disgrace. But he needed a big win. And Grant Dixon talked about that after the race, but, you know, just the pressure and expectation that that goes with all the big races. But to do it in his own backyard on a stage like this in front of a a packed Albion Park crowd and still relatively early in his career, Greg, you know, he's, he's just a, you know, he's about to turn five, but he's got it all ahead of him. And, uh, yeah, it was a it was a tremendous win, and and also for Grant Dixon, you know, a guy who has been Queensland harness racing before him, his father Bill, he'd achieved so much, Grant, but but he hadn't really made a massive national impact because you don't get many opportunities when you just race horses in Queensland. So um, he travelled a little bit with a few horses, but this horse has transcended Queensland for him as well. And the last one is, you know, there's so many layers to it, but here's the significance of the win. Kevin Seymour, a steely, hard, hugely successful businessman who you can imagine the moments he's had in his business career and his life. He was brought to tears. He was brought to no words in the presentation. It was it was incredibly humbling stuff. It's a, it's a special time, and, and to win a race like the Inter-Dominion in your home, on, on your home track, I, I reckon Grant Dixon, he doesn't show much emotion, but he would have felt so much pressure over the last fortnight. Yeah, he was very emotional, and you get the insight not from Grant, but from those people around him, and that's why I, I seized on the opportunity to chat with Trista while Grant was being um, interviewed elsewhere straight after the race and, and Trista said, Adam, you've got no idea that this horse is our life. Like, like someone's got to be around this horse all the time, particularly during this series and in the lead up to it. So she said, we're going away on a holiday um, early next week and the weight off our shoulders as we go on that holiday is just incredible. She said, look, we, yes, we bring it upon ourselves, but He's a once-in-a-lifetime horse and, and you know, the, the, the pressure and the expectation that goes with him and the whole state that's behind him, you know, and, and, and in some ways, 
the the importance that he has to the industry. You you touched on it early. He he can transcend harness racing, and very few horses can do that. And harness racing is a sport needs a horse who can. You mentioned Kevin Seymour. He has done so much for the industry in Queensland, and you think over the past, you know. 30, 40 years, what he has done. A lot of people wouldn't realise, but without him, Queensland, the, the industry would be a lot poorer. It's buoyant now up here, but I, I think the, you know, the story behind the story is the man who kept Queensland harness racing viable for a lot of people, and, and it was Kevin Seymour. And, you know, people will look at him and say he's a zillionaire and he had a share in. Mr. Feelgood and won the last Inner Dominion in Queensland back in 2009. But but talk about put your money where your mouth is. Kevin could do anything with his money and harness racing. It's more than a passion. It's his life to to he and Kay. They they come to all these meetings. They travel around. They they you know they've had stud farms. They've bred so many horses. They've imported horses, and everything has been done around Australia. Yes but mainly Queensland harness racing. And, and I think all of that just bubbled over in Kevin as he stood proudly to, to speak at the presentation, but he was just overcome. He, he couldn't speak, Greg. He mm. could not speak. That's how, that's how emotionally overcome he was by the moment. What did you make of the early stages of the race? Because that's what we were all concerned with. How, how are they going to settle down? Could Swayze hold them? Um, it was a very aggressive drive by Grant to, uh, to, to get forward in the early stages. Yeah, look, in, 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 in all of the, the pre-talk and the stories I did and the discussions of others, it was all about the first 200 metres because Swayze was so good when he was able to lead and beat uh, Leap to Fame in their only clash in the Blacks of Fake. We know Leap to Fame had excuses that night, but but at the same time, um, you know, uh, it, it's trying to sit outside another horse and beat them in today's harness racing is uh, is just an incredibly hard thing to do. So whoever got in front of the other was always going to have a decisive advantage. And, you know, there was always a big chance that, that Future Assured was going to be a massive factor in the start. And in the end, he was the decisive factor because he was the one that was able to begin better than Swayze, but then muster and get around Swayze. And as soon as he got to the front, you knew that you know a horse who isn't quite up to that class, particularly over the distance, was going to take a sit on Leap to Fame. Leap to Fame gets to the front. Swayze's got to sit outside him. Rolls reverse from the black to fake. Very different scenario. Swayze wins their first clash. Leap to Fame gets revenge in the Inter-Dominion final. You know how I love my stats. The Blacks are fake. They ran their last 1,200 in 123.3. In the Inter tonight, they've gone 123.4. So whatever horse leads on the marker pegs at Albion Park, you can basically set your clock. You know what they're going to run. You can. And, and if, you, if you consider that you know one was in the middle of winter and one's tonight, yes, it was wet, but it was still past conditions tonight. Um, you know, the times, the overall times are pretty similar as well. I think they went about, you know, six tenths of a second quicker tonight. But, I, I, you know, I spoke to Cam Hart after the race. He was absolutely thrilled with Swayze. He's just so proud. And, you know, he's, he's, he's ahead of his years as far as his maturity goes. And, you know, he was super respectful to the winner. But he's excited about clashing again, you know. He, he said it's a game of inches and, 
And in the end, you know, he still believed that if he could have led on Swayze, then he he probably wins the Inter Dominion final. So, you know, the difference between uh, that first couple of hundred metres oh so crucial. But it's not about if buts and maybes. It's about the result. It's about the moment, and it's about the first stamping of greatness of a of a horse in leap to fame who has the potential to really put his name up there with some of the greatest horses we've seen in the game, Greg, in this part of the world. Has Grant said what he's doing? Obviously, they're going on a holiday, so you'd assume the horse spells now and, and gets ready for what race? Well, can he spell if he's going well, to come to Sydney? can't spell, no. He can't spell much. No. Um, if they're going... So, what, the, the Hunter Cup is the first week of February, so... He, he could realistically only have a week off now if he's going to go to the Hunter Cup. So that, that's a burning decision. Um, didn't get any clarity on it. Um, didn't press the question. Kevin Seymour had said to me, pre-series, our plan is to go Hunter Cup, Miracle Mile, and then one of the slot races with Perth seeming most likely. Um, but he's also said that of all of that, his burning desire, Greg, and you'll love this, is to win a Miracle Mile because he hasn't won one yet. Yeah. Um, so I think that becomes the primary focus. Whether they also want to wind him up again and go to the Hunter Cup remains to be seen. Um, I can tell you that the immediate reaction from Jason Grimson was one of pride, but also one of understanding that Swayze needs a break now. It's been a big few months for him, and he said... Definitely no Hunter Cup. I think also no Miracle Mile because he said, quote, I'm going to put him out for a really good spell now, Swayze, because he's come so far in a short campaign. So uh, we, we, we may not see him again until, well, perhaps one of the slot races or maybe even Winter Cup time here in Queensland. Wow. Um, turning our attention to the Trotters. Third quarter, 27.8 at the top of the lane. Just Believe, Just Believe takes over. Mufasa Metro's trying to rally. Queen Elida can't reach them. Don't stop dreaming. Just keep believing. He's going to make history here. Just Believe. Race is clear. What a horse. What a moment. He's done it again. Just Believe. Mufasa Metro, Queen Elida, the best bourbon up for four. I've already had um, one Swedish journo on, on, on the phone asking me about Just Believe. Um, mate, he, he he just keeps getting better. Yeah, he does. It's incredible, isn't it? Um, uh, I remember speaking to Chris Lang before this series and why is that relevant? Well, Chris in 2009 took Sundog's gift to Sweden. He came back an infinitely better horse. He was virtually unbeatable for 18 months and successfully defended his inner dominion crown with a Swedish trip in between. Um, to quote Chris Lang, I can see history repeating itself, and that's exactly what's happened. Just believes a way better horse than he was 12 months ago. He's arrogant, he's dominant, he's faster, he's stronger, and he just showed all of that tonight. Um, sitting outside the leader was never going to be a fuss for him. Greg happy to turn it into a sprint. I think he knew he could beat a brave Mufasa Metro whenever he wanted to, and the slower he went meant that Queen Elida wasn't going to be able to you know, come from behind him and run him down. In the end, he just won it in second gear. And, you know, we're watching a great, great trotter here. It's a clean sweep, two consecutive series, albeit, you know, the Kiwis the Kiwis aren't a factor in it. So they're perhaps not as strong as years gone by, but he still created history tonight. And 
and and I think he deserves to be spoken about with some of the great trotters we've seen in the modern era. Do you reckon Greg will, Greg and Jess will take him back to Sweden if they if they want him to go? Hedging their bets after it. So Greg threw out the line about uh, who knows, you know, maybe maybe the world really is our oyster once again. But then when I sort of drilled him on it, he 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 re- he said he said, look, largely it'll be the owners' call, and there's a massive group of owners, and they were keen to go to Sweden this year. But um, but he did say that you know the advent of this. Six hundred and fifty thousand dollars spot race in um, in Swede, uh, sorry, in uh, Cambridge in April was was a twist, and it was a twist because you know there's some serious prize money up for grabs in the race, and it's 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 infinitely easier to go there. So, look at this stage, I it's Sweden's an option, but uh, he said, look, let us get through the Great Southern Star and then we've got some serious thinking to do. Mate, one last thing before we let you go, and I do thank you for your time on, on Inter-Dominion night, but what about the future of the Inter-Dominion? No Kiwis. Um, I've seen a lot on social media. What can they do? Well, it's got to move from this time slot um, and everyone's got to come together and, and agree on that. Um, this is not ideal because uh, it's not. It's really not good for the Kiwis, and it's not just about the Kiwis. I mean, tonight was stinking hot, oppressive, hard on horses, hard on people. Um, and now I think the price we're going to pay is that Swayze is probably not going to be in some of the big races early next year. We need our stars in as many races as we can. It's 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 got to be at a slot in the calendar which it used to be, which is the the end of the big races, Queensland has basically said we'll never run it here at this time again. Uh, if When we do have it in three years, we will do everything in our power to run it as part of our winter carnival or the, or the centre of our winter carnival. Now, where that works for Sydney and Melbourne, who knows? But even Sydney and Melbourne, it, it, it just doesn't work this time of year, Greg. And if we're going to get the Kiwis back and, and we're going to get all the best horses into it, it can't be so early in the season when we're asking horses to run four times in two weeks. Greg, it always used to be the end of the season, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. We've got to find a way to get back to that. Yeah. It, it's a, If you went for that, that winter carnival, that's the Kiwis love that because they get out of cold New Zealand, they come across to, you know, okay, it's winter in Queensland, but it's still a lot warmer than New Zealand. Nathan Purden was here tonight, part of the crowd watching. Yeah. Um, and he said, what a shame. He said, what a shame we're not here and we're not part of this. He said, we want to be an Inner Dominion. So I grew up watching them and they've been such a big part of my family's life. But he said, it just it doesn't work for us this time of year. And, and you know, let's hope. Well, he was saying, let, let's hope this talk about them putting it on in the, in the middle of winter up here in Queensland's true because he said, you know, I'm a young guy in the game. I want to be part of Inner Dominions again. So... They're the voices we need to listen to, aren't they? The guys that are guys and girls that are the next generation of the game. So, look, there's some smart heads in harness racing. They've got to get together because, um, you know, I've loved it. Queensland's loved it. But we're not the audience who are going to take the Inner Dominion back to its former glory. That's, that's a new audience and a different audience and a broader audience as to who participated in this one. Mate, thank you very much for your time. Um, always great to speak with you and enjoy your night. Absolute pleasure, mate. Anytime, Hazy, and thanks for your support around it. I'm going to try and catch up with some of your Menangle mates and have a beer now, mate.
around the outside Miss the Truth starts to make ground and then on the inner is Ryan's Gangster and right to the outside trying to make some ground as Rocket Boy but the lead pair sneak away it's Talon Agent and Constantina they're 10 metres clear then of in third posse as they swing Sir Richard Lee and then came Miss the Truth 27 to the quarter Talon Agent goes for home it's well clear of Constantina Miss the Truth is winding up from a fair way back and then came Sir Richard Lee and Rocket Boy but it is Talon Agent below the 100 metres clear interest only in the minors it's a one act affair Talon Agent is home and hosed and Talon Agent is going to beat Mr Truth ahead in front of Constantina Sir Richard Lee Had a couple of chats with this bloke on the podcast recently and he just keeps winning races he was targeting the Christmas gift with a couple of horses in the stable but um, well that couldn't have been more impressive Talon Agent Seaton Grimer the uh, trainer driver is joining me Hello Seaton how are you? Hey, Hazy. Thanks, mate. Good yourself? Uh, mate, really well. What a performance by Talon Agent last uh, in winning the Christmas gift. 26-8, 28-6, 27-2, 27-7. You didn't come up for air in the Christmas gift. Yeah, he's actually he's, um, he's a pretty speedy horse. Um, and I was, I was pretty confident going into tonight. Um, I had a few scenarios planned out in my head, all relying on where Mr. Truth landed. Um, but no, the horse was, yeah, he was spot on tonight and he got the job done. He has done a, a remarkable job since he's joined your stable. He he is he, he seemed to have grown a leg. Yeah, um, probably ever since the first time I track worked him. Um, he gave me a real good feel. I was actually talking to Joe the day after, and Joe even said to me, he goes, oh, how good is this horse? Like, is it worth having? And I actually pointed out that oh, I reckon this horse will go 51. I think his PB at that point was 55 something. But um, no, for him to yeah, go sub 150 today, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. So, what was it about that? What was it about the feel that he gave you that you thought he could he could really run a time? I uh, just when we sort of hit the top of the straight, his first track work, I just tapped him once and just told him to yeah, like put his head down and he just he dropped the 25 quarter like nothing. Um, and yeah, done it real comfortable. So no, I, I knew that we had a horse to work with, and yeah, no, he's, he's proven to yeah, he's got some ability. You knew when you took him to Penrith, and he equaled the record there that you, you had a pretty special horse on your hands. Yeah, um, even his run, even his first two, he, his first half he ran six for me, and he went a PB, and then the week after he was a little bit ordinary. Um, so I. I Started to miss a few weeks with him and yeah, got, got him back spot on. And then he won in 52 at an angle. Um, and then ever, ever since then, he's just sort of he's going to another level every week. Um, he went, went to Tanners and yeah, equaled the track record comfortably. And then went another PB at um, an angle last or two weeks ago in his And then, yeah, tonight he went sub 150 and yeah, set another PB. So, what do you do with him now? Like, he, he looks like he can uh, he can win a, a a nicer race than tonight. I'm not not too sure what I do with him now. Um, next few weeks, due to Christmas and New Year's, there's yeah, there's not many races for his grade of horse. Um, so I'm in two minds whether I just give him a few quiet weeks at home or give him out, give him a little freshen up, and yeah, bring him back for the new year and yeah, hopefully target some of the. Better races. This is not not the Grand Circuit races and races like that. Um, 
But no, some of the nice races up in Angle and yeah, see what he can actually do. And, and the fact that he can handle those half mile tracks as he's shown at Penrith, you know, there's those those rich country cups. Um, there's obviously been a couple run already at uh, at Cowra and also Young, but there's there's one at Tamworth and there's one at Albury. So they've got to all of a sudden come into your thought because he's going to draw so well in those races. Yeah, exactly. Um, he, he can get around the half mile track, like you said. Country of Cups, I don't think are his best routine. Um, I, I think he's more of a speed horse over the mile than a 2300 horse. Right. He, he can get pretty keen in the races. So I think, yeah, I think for now he just picks up an angle. Um, but if there's a nice race pop up, I'm yeah, more than happy to look at it. So tonight, from the gate, he. he he, you took your time, but you you were always confident that you you wanted to find the top. Yeah, going into the race, I thought I was a pretty good chance to find the top. Um, a few more horses come out than I thought, but um, yeah, my plan was just stay kind of miss the truth, um, and yeah, I should be sweet from there. I didn't really have any set plans going into the race. I just yeah, I knew I wanted to go forward in my head. And, yeah, just sort of run my race relying on where Mr. Truth landed. I was I was in two minds if he was going to work to the chair to run along or if he settled in the back half of the field to stack him up and hopefully force his hand to make a move to the chair and then run along. Um, he was actually a bit further back than I could see, so, you know, my horse was travelling good. I just elected to run him along and, yeah, I think that's how he races It was interesting because I was, I was sitting and watching the race and, and normally, you know, 26-8, you've worked out of the gate and then 28-6 that second quarter, I thought, oh, he'd be looking for a breather somewhere. But seeing that you were so happy to let him just keep rolling, I thought, oh, he's, he's pretty confident here. Yeah, the horse is just, he's not, he's just, I think he's a horse that you just have to go with. Yeah. Um, he's not going What about the rest of the night for you, mate? Um, how was the, the rest of the team tonight? Uh, only trouble, he was good. He ran a PB. Um, probably not a suitable race for him being over a mile. He's, um, he's actually been in real good form lately. Uh, two seconds to win and another second last week. Um, I think he's probably better suited to 2300, um, especially in that up to 80 grade. He can, he can run a nice First look, everything's okay with Saginaw though after the run. After the run, yeah, no, everything's sweet. Um, I think it was more just a gear malfunction. Um, he, uh, I spoke to the driver Jack Haney, and he said he was just getting head a bit too low. So, no, we'll, we'll work that out, and no, I'm sure he'll be back to his when he when he steps out next. Mate, we spoke about Summit Bloodstock last time we spoke on the show. Do you hear much from Jamie and the team, or do they just let you do your thing? Um, I, I talked to her most nights for a couple of hours, um, just on message, chatting back with the board. Um, most of it's nonsense, just a bit of banter. Um, 
but no, they're, they're one of the good guys. Uh, they just yeah, ring me when they want to send me a horse and yeah, let me do the own thing. They send me a message after they go, good, well done. And I don't hear from them if they go no good. So, <laughs> no, they're, they're very crew the owners. Um, and they're very grateful for the opportunity they've given me. Well, mate, um, another big night for you. Um, we keep saying it, big night at the office, and, and you keep you keep knocking up those winners. So congratulations again. Well done. And uh, another big win, this time the Christmas gift final with Talon Agent. Well done. Thanks, Adrian. Appreciate it. Let's have a look at the Menangle Express. Race one, favourite for the race was Major Major, who started $2.20. Change of mind and Raging Sea galloped in the score up and took no competitive part in the race. There was a lot of speed early with the Fortunate Son charging across to the lead in 26-6, and they never really came up for air with most drivers diving to the fence early. Magic Mateo was in behind the leader, and my ultimate Carter was three pegs. At around the 800-metre mark, Major Major got some cover in the race when my ultimate Carter came off the inside, and it was soon after that that the leader, the Fortunate Son, dropped out after over-racing, which allowed my ultimate Carter and Major Major to get away from the rest of the field. Major Major stayed in the slipstream until they turned for home where Jack Brown brought the eventual winner to the outside and he rolled away to score comfortably from my ultimate Carter. No excuses at all for the rest of the runners. Race number two, the favourite was Star Major at $2.80 from the good draw and he was in the early speed battle before taking the sit on the back of Bubba Scrub. They walked through the lead time in 51.7, so effectively going at 29.9 quarter pace to the mile and then they went 29.8 and 29.4. So basically anything further back than fourth or fifth had little chance of winning. Port Our Prince was three pegs. Ultra Orlando led up the outside line with Malcolm's Rhythm on its back. James Rattray decided to get moving before the turn on Star Major from behind the leader. And he raced past Bubba Scrub who didn't show too much fight. And it did look like it was going to be a pretty big win to Star Major, but Balraj went like an absolute jet up the straight. They got home in 26-8, and he came from last, turning for home. He had back me next start all over him. He's been driven for one shot at them, but if he gets luck in a race where there's speed on, he's just going to win for fun. Joni N didn't do a bad job either. In third, he's going well enough to pinch one at big odds pretty soon. Alta Orlando was well beaten but had to race first over and Bubba Scrub was well below normal. He's given He was given every chance in front and gave no kick at all to finish last. Race number three, again, over the 2,300 metres. This time it was South Coast Arden who started favourite. Last start winner, Where You Been Boppin', pushed through hard to find the front with Gordon's Bay happy to take the sit. The Croupier dived to three markers after having a look for the lead. South Coast Arden got caught without cover. Brave View Kelly was on its back. Magician ended up third over. Lead time was 1.7 seconds faster in this race than the previous, and they ran through the first two quarters in 29.6 and 28.7. South Coast Arden went up and eyeballed the leader approaching the home turn and put its head in front soon after. Double Encounter did what Double Encounter does most weeks and made his big booming run from near the tail. Halfway down, these straight gaps opened up everywhere. Smithy's terror, and wow, he's a rock star, found a big gap back towards the inside. South Coast Arden was still bobbing. Braveview Kelly, who was driven perfectly by Jack Brown, was able to win in a very close finish. Brown couldn't have done any more, even if he'd put the mare on his own back and run down the straight. He drove her absolutely perfectly. Double encounter was good again and should be followed. South Coast Arden will win pretty soon, and its run was good. The Croupier will be better suited in a race where he can bounce onto the speed, and I'm not sure about Magician. 
His run last week was good, but thought he had his chance this week and double encounter looped him and beat him easily. Race number four was the Waratah final and there were only the eight runners. The favourite was Keeper's Ideal at $3.60 while the stablemate Take a Hike owned by a few of the Canberra Raiders drifted noticeably in the market to start second favourite at three eighty. Keeper's Ideal was able to cruise across to find the front and ran through the first 400 in 27.4 which was comfortable enough. Uh, Stealth Bomber was on its back while Smoke and Pocket was outside the leader with Take a Hike sitting in the 1-1. Nowhere near crazy was on its back. They walked through the middle half in 59.8. It basically became a dash up the straight, and the small field definitely suited nowhere near crazy. He looked a bit flat-footed when they fanned on the turn, but Mick Sullivan was able to get him to wind up down the outside and nail the others in the shadows of the post. Take a hike was presented at the right time, looked to have every chance. Keeper's ideal got tied up the straight, but wasn't far away inside the final 50. Outside the winner, Pete's Big Jim was the best run of the race, Buried on the pegs, was able to push into the clear, and it finished okay for third. Not too much from the rest. Race number five, and see your art was the shorty at a dollar sixty, but it did drift um, from a lot from a lot shorter quote when markets first went up. Ashheart didn't look to be too aggressive in the early stages and was happy to let things unfold in front of her. Arden's ace was pushed off the gate as he normally is, and he led before taking cover on Boom. Uh, Brados Lad pushed forward off the wide gate and was first over. I'm in trouble, got off the inside early in a good piece of driving and landed the 1-1 with CR on its back. Unfazed ended up 1-3. 26-5 out of the gate before they backed it right off to 29-1 and 28-8, making it a dash up the straight. CR got moving, approaching the home turn, but was forced wider on the track by I'm in trouble. Actually thought Boom might be able to pinch it soon after turning into the straight when he dashed a length clear, but they were coming from everywhere. Arden's ace was finding under driving. CR was getting home under his own steam and unfazed to his outside loomed as well. In a blanket finish, it was unfazed narrowly from Sia Art. Arden's ace was third and is going to win a race very soon. Uh, Boom finished fourth, looked to win a halfway down the straight. I'm going to forgive Polly put kettle on. Better coming off a fast tempo and we're still cutting back the margin on the line. It's a mulligan for her. Race number six was the Christmas gift final and the favourite in the race was Miss the Truth at $1.90. Talent agent began well enough and was able to wrestle the lead off Constantina in the early stages. Diamond Eclipse was caught leading up the outside line with Miss the Truth on its back. Uh, Seaton Grimer put his foot on the accelerator in the first half. They ran it uh, they ran the first half in 55 seconds. At no stage did he look to take his foot off the throat of his rivals. Diamond Eclipse wasn't taking Miss the Truth anywhere, so Will Rickson ducked around to the chair inside the half, but Grimer was still zipping along in front. He broke the field up as they approached the home turn, and Constantina was still in second, but was under heavy pressure. Grimer was pretty kind to Talon Agent in the straight, and he went on to record a 10-metre victory. Missed the truth, rallied late for second, grabbing Constantina right on the line. Sir Richard Lee was run off its feet, but managed to hold fourth some 17 metres behind the winner. Huge win, and from what we heard from Seaton, a complete miler. Race number seven was the Arizona Blue final for the Trotters, and the shorty was Maximus Meridius at $1.12. The field of seven basically became a field of four soon after the starter said go, with a few not being on their best behaviour, which allowed the favourite to roll to the front uh, in front of Malibu and Kenny Wood. Economy made a meal of the start, but caught the field, and by the time they got to the half, it was up outside the leader. The first two quarters were 29-1 and 30.9. Maximus Meridius never looked in any danger 
And when New Conmey started to come to the end of its run approaching the turn, it was just a matter of the favourite trotting throughout to win. It was a pretty easy ride up the straight for the favourite punters. Kenny Wood tried hard up the straight and was able to get up on the fence for second with Majestic Monarch getting going late for third. The last quarter tells the story, 29-7, no danger, and the winner wasn't pressured. Race 8 was again for the Trotters, and the favourite was Have No Fear at $2.90. Simone Lindenny began well off the stand and was able to kick through and lead. Have No Fear was straight in behind it with Gunner Three Pegs and Sunny G four back. Second favourite, One Magic Kenny, was back to his old habits, refused to go away with them. 54-1 was the lead time, followed by quarters in 30.2, 31 29-8, so they set it up for a sprint up the straight. Blake Fitzpatrick asked Simone Lindenny to find, but it never looked fluent. Um, have no fear, came to the outside, looked the winner from the top of the straight. Valley Star made a quick move around them to get up outside the leader, just peaked on its run, and Gunner was able to push through along with Sonny G. Simone Lindenny went up in the air not far from the finish, which gave Have No Fear a really easy victory. Gunner was good. Sonny G's always competitive in uh, these races and finished in third. Uh, best winner of the night, well, it's got to be Talent Agent. He got to the front. He ran all that time by himself. Big performance again, so he gets winner of the night for a second time in a couple of weeks. Best beaten performance, it's got to be Balarage. Uh, ran the hands off the clock up the straight, and he'll be winning one very, very soon, so follow him, Balarage. And best drive of the night, Jack Brown on Brave You Kelly. Without that steer, she doesn't win. Great drive, good result for the young bloke. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winning. Hey, that's pretty good. Winner. That was legitness. That I say, all right, all right, all right. Wow, winning. Bam. Just like that. That's all there is to it. That's, that's all there is to it. A winner. Just like that. I'm the winner. Yes. No, Mr. T... Didn't get a winner during the week, neither did I. So I'm back to square. I'm zero, and he is minus $58. So his two tips, Mr. T, he's going to Young on Tuesday. And in race three, he likes number two, Camstar Road, for Monica and Phoebe Betts coming off three consecutive thirds. So that's race three, number two, Camstar Road at Young. And at uh, Bathurst on Wednesday, Race six, number 10, Eagle Art for Steve and Mitch Turnbull. Last week, or last win, in fact, was at Yagara back in October, but Mr. T's tipping him to bounce back into the winner's stall. So that's race six, number 10. My two. I'll go Goulburn Monday, race three, number seven, Rock and Roll Gig has been racing at Menangle, comes back to Goulburn where it's going to be a little bit weaker. Drawn wide, can be driven patiently, and uh, these run on horses, they do run well for Sophia Ardvidsson. So let's go with it. That's race three, number seven, Rock and Roll Gig at Goulburn. And then Menangle on Tuesday, race three, number eight, Waterboy Jack, charged down the outside to finish second last start. One or two strides past the post, it was in front. will be driven for one crack at them from the draw again. But it meets a lot of the same horses, and I think it can power home over the top of them. So I'm going race three, number eight, Waterboy Jack. We won't get the $21 it was last week. In fantasy harness racing, Champo 71 is still in front after three rounds, 2,452 points. Jack Morris is second. Will Norman has pushed through to fifth. I've dropped back to 110th. Be interesting to see what the price change for guys like Cam Hart and Robbie Morris, who have basically been away from home for the best part of the week. Mays won week three 
with 707 points. That just about wraps up the show. Big thanks to Adam Hamilton and Seton Grimer for joining me on the podcast this week. I'll put together a show next weekend on Christmas Eve. It won't be on Menangle, of course. There's no racing there for the next two Saturdays, but... I'm sure I can find someone to talk to about harness racing in New South Wales. Have a great week, and I'll speak to you again soon.